thrill you have. You're now tuned in to Marcus Ways. We just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darnetta has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's going on, Star Wars fans? How is everything going? Everybody doing good? Everything's going fine on my side of the galaxy. And I hope all is well with you. We at Sway hope everyone had a great and happy New Year's and holidays. I swear the older I get, the harder the holiday season gets. Run to get this, run to get that. And everything costs so much money. Money for this, money for that. And people out shopping are just rude. I had a woman, I swear she was like 80 years old, running to my back with the sharpie cart and then told me to get out the way. No sorry or excuse me or anything. Just bow and then get out the way. I thought to myself, what is the world coming to when an 80 year old woman hits you with a car and don't even say excuse me? I know she knows better than that. I know she was taught better than that. But before we get too far off into other stuff, I wanna talk about The Rise of Skywalker. By this point, most of us have seen the movie. And I see why people are hating on it. Some things were just a little bit over the top. But this is what I don't get. First, people complain about not having a Star Wars movie. And then one comes out and all they do is complain about it. Everyone needs to remember one thing. These are Disney films now. Before they were made by the master, George Lucas. And he looked at things in a whole different way. He used like things like Greek mythology, westerns, and all kinds of different things to draw on when he wrote his scripts. Disney doesn't do that. They put several writers in a room and say right. And they write what they think we want to see. George wrote what he wanted to see. If we liked it, we liked it. If we didn't, we didn't. But Star Wars is about the Force and the Jedi. Good versus evil. Did the movie have that? Yes. So that's all we needed. Email me your thoughts on the film. I would love to hear your opinions. But today is the first episode of the new book. I don't want to get off topic too much. We got to get to this book. And it took me a week or so for me to decide what book we should study next. But I kind of wanted to keep it to the older books for now, just so we could see how the Jedi progress as the years passed. So I decided with one of my favorite books. And the book we chose is The Old Republic's Revan. This book tells a lot about the early Jedi and one of the most powerful Jedis of the Old Republic. Revan is no punk. He was a good guy to turn bad guy to turn back to the good guy jedi turned sith turned back to jedi and yeah it's crazy he did a whole lot now this book is written by drew carpishan and he is one of my favorite star wars authors he wrote my favorite star wars books of all times the darth bane trilogy and he is a true genius when it comes to putting pen to paper and one of my inspirations so i would like everyone to give him your support go get one of his books get an audio book i've been working on my book for like a year and it's not easy to write a book. I'm telling you, it's not. It's hard. But enough with all that. We have a book to start. And today is the first part of Rev. And Drew knows how to set the tempo for a book. And he does it for this book right out the gate. So let's get to this wonderful book. Here, the darkness reigns eternal. There is no sun, no dawn. Just the perpetual gloom of night. The only illumination comes from jagged forks of lightning carving a wicked path through angry clouds. In their savage wake, thunder shreds the sky, unleashing a torrent of hard, cold rain. The storm is coming, and there is no escape. Revan's eyes snapped open, the primal fury of his nightmare wrenching him awake for the third night in a row. He lay still and quiet turning his focus inward to ease the pounding of his heart as he silently recited the opening line of the Jedi mantra. There is no emotion. There is peace. A sense of calm settled over him, washing away the irrational terror of his dream. Yet he knew better than to merely dismiss it. The storm that haunted him each time he closed his eyes was more than just a nightmare. 
conjured up from the deepest corners of his mind. The storm had meaning. But try as he might, Revan couldn't figure out what his subconscious was trying to tell him. Was it a warning? A long-forgotten memory? A vision of the future? All three? Careful not to wake his wife, he rolled out of bed and went into the refresher to splash some cool water on his face. Catching a glimpse of himself in the mirror, he stopped to study his reflection. Even now, two standard years after rediscovering his true identity, he still had trouble reconciling the face in the mirror with the man he had been before the Jedi Council had turned him back to the light. Revan, Jedi, hero, traitor, conqueror, villain, savior. He was all these things and more. He was a living legend, the embodiment of myth and folklore, a figure that transcended history. Yet all he saw staring back at him was an ordinary man who hadn't slept in three nights. Fatigue was taking its toll. His angular features had become thin and drawn. His pale skin accentuated the dark circles under eyes that stared back at him from deep hollows. Bracing a hand on either side of the sink, he slumped his head and let out a long, low sigh. His black, shoulder-length hair falling forward to cover his face like a dark curtain. After several seconds, he stood up straight, using the fingers of both hands to sweep his hair back into place. Moving quietly, he made his way from the refresher and across the small living room of his apartment. He proceeded out onto the balcony, where he stopped and stared out across Coruscant's endless cityscape. Traffic in the galactic capital never stopped, and he found the constant buzz and blur of shuttles speeding by soothing. He leaned out over the railing of the balcony as far as he could, his eyes unable to pierce the darkness to make out the planet's surface hundreds of stories below. Don't jump. I don't want to have to clean up the mess. He turned his head at the sound of Bastila's voice behind him. She stood at the threshold of the balcony door, the bedsheet draped around her shoulders to ward off the night's chill. Her long brown hair, normally pulled back up from her forehead into a bun on top and a short ponytail below, hung loose and sleep-tousled. Her face was only partially illuminated by the glow of the city below, yet he could see her lips pressed into a wry smile. Despite her joking words, he could see real concern etched on her features. Sorry, he said, stepping away from the rail and turning toward her. Didn't mean to wake you. Just needed to clear my head. Maybe you should speak to the Jedi Council, Bastila suggested. They might be able to help. You want me to ask the Council for help? He echoed. You must have had too much of the Corellian wine at dinner. They owe you, Bastila insisted. If it weren't for you, Darth Malak would have destroyed the Republic, eliminated the Council, and all but wiped out the Jedi. They owe you everything. Revan didn't answer right away. What she said was true. He had stopped Darth Malak and destroyed the Starforge. But it wasn't that simple. Malak had been Revan's apprentice. Against the wishes of the Council, the two had led an army of Jedi and Republic soldiers against Mandalorian raiders threatening colonies in the Outer Rim, only to return not as heroes, but as conquerors. Revan and Malak had both sought to destroy the Republic, 
But Malak had betrayed his master, and Revan had been captured by the Jedi Council, barely alive, his body and mind shattered. The Council had saved his life, but they had also stripped his memories and rebuilt him as a weapon that could be unleashed against Darth Malak and his followers. The Council doesn't owe me anything, Revan whispered. All the good I've done can't balance out the evil that came before. Bastila brought her hand up and put it gently but firmly over Revan's lips. Don't talk like that. They can't blame you for what happened. Not anymore. You're not the same man you were. The Revan I know is a hero, a champion of the light. You redeemed me after Malak turned me to the dark side. Revan reached up and wrapped his fingers around the delicate hand resting on his lips, then softly pulled it down. Like you and the Council redeemed me. Bastila turned away, and Revan instantly regretted his words. He knew she was ashamed of her involvement in his capture and her role in erasing his memory. What we did was wrong. At the time, I thought we had no other choice, but if I had to do it over again, I... No, Revan said, cutting her off. I wouldn't want you to change anything. If none of this had happened, I might never have found you. She turned back to face him, and he could see the hurt and bitterness lingering in her eyes. What the Council did to you wasn't right, she insisted. They took away your memories. They stole your identity. It came back, Revan assured her, pulling her close and wrapping his arms around her. You have to let go of your anger. She didn't fight his embrace, though she stood rigid at first. Then he felt the tension melting away from her body as she lowered her head onto his shoulder. There is no emotion. There is peace, she whispered, reciting aloud the same words Revan had sought solace in only a few minutes earlier. They stood there in silence, holding each other until Revan felt her shiver. It's cold out here, he said. We should go back inside. Twenty minutes later, Bastila was fast asleep. But Revan lay on the bed with his eyes open, staring at the ceiling. He was thinking about what Bastila had said about the Council taking his identity. As his mind had healed, many of his memories had returned, along with his sense of self. But he knew parts were still missing, possibly gone forever. As a Jedi, he knew the importance of letting go of bitterness and anger. But that didn't mean he couldn't still wonder about what he had lost. Something had happened to him and Malak beyond the Outer Rim. They had gone to defeat the Mandalorians, but they had returned as disciples of the Dark Side. The official story was they had been corrupted by the ancient power of the Starforge. But Revan suspected there was more to it, and he knew it had something to do with his nightmares. A terrible world of thunder and lightning, shrouded in perpetual night. He and Malak had found something. He couldn't remember what it was or where it was, but he feared it on a deep, primal level. Somehow, he knew that whatever the terrible secret might be, it was a threat far greater than the Mandalorians or the Starforge. And Revan was convinced it was still out there. The storm is coming, and there is no escape. Now this book just starts off good and Drew hooks you right away. Revan is having a nightmare of some crazy planet of darkness with lightning and destruction and all kinds of stuff going on. 
He wakes up and he tries to pull himself together. He gets up and creeps out the bedroom because he doesn't want to wake up his wife. Yes, you heard it right, his wife. Now it says the Jedi can't get married. This has already been put, but he and his wife are both Jedis. It just seems to me that the most powerful Jedi seem to break the rules. You have Revan, Anakin, both got married, which was forbidden by the Jedi. Yeah, it's just strange to me. I don't get it sometimes, but it seems like the most powerful ones are people that kind of sway with that dark side a little bit. Drew tells us that Revan is having this nightmare and he said that they had the same nightmare three nights in a row. At this point, it's not a nightmare. I think it's a vision. And I think Revan is starting to think the same thing, but he can't remember where he has seen this planet because the Jedi wiped his memory when they turned him back from the dark side. But he knows that something happened when he was out fighting in the Mandalorian Wars that turned him and his apprentice Malak to the dark side. He can't just remember what, but he thinks these bad dreams have something to do with it. His wife Basila tries to comfort him and tells him he is the savior of the Republic. He should not worry about anything. She tells him to speak to the Jedi Council, but with some contempt in his word, he says he ain't asking the Council for any help. But whatever was out there was a force that scared him deeply, and he can't let it go. And that's where Drew leaves us. So you'll have to turn into the next episode to find out what happens next. And remember, always keep your eyes on the sky. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Tammy Turner. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.